Amy, I want you to come. Um, I want you to come and uh, and Philip can come also if you want to. But I want you to come and sit right here for me today, will you? I like to have you close to me when uh, God heals you. Will you sit right there? Now, is there anyone else in here you've had a bad report? Somebody, the doctor's given you uh, a report that you don't like. Anyone? Okay, bring bring that lady up here and have her sit on the front also. We used to sing an old song. Remember that song, uh, Whose Report Are You Going to Believe? Well, we just choose to believe the report of the Lord, right? Anyone else? Everything okay? Okay, good. Because we're going to pray for them, and you're going to hear a real testimony of what God's fixing to do right here. Is that okay if we do that? Amen. Jennifer, where are you at, hon? Can, um, can I say something to you today, too? I noticed as you were singing there, and this came to me, this just in my spirit, it, it came to me, that the Holy Ghost is starting a refreshing in you. Well, 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 I tell you now, uh, you, you hold on, it could get wild here. I had uh, a few years ago, I had this guy, you know, everybody wants to know how many you're running in church, preachers I'm talking about. They're like, well, how many running in church? So um, this was back several years ago, so I had this. I can talk about the Baptist because I was a Baptist. You know, I, I was a Baptist. And so this guy, this Baptist pastor asked me, well, how many of y'all running out there at that church? At that time, I had three runners. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I said, we're running about three. He said, I thought y'all had a little bit bigger church than that. I said, no. I said, you asked me how many runners we have. I said, we had three runners. Uh, we, used to, we used to have this girl, and she run every Sunday. Finally, she run out of church and never come back. <laughs> so, you know. But anyway, praise the Lord. Anyway, I got this message last night, and I thought... It's kind of a strange message, umbrella faith, you know, umbrella faith. And so, anyway, this is kind of the message I got. So I get here, and then you tell me what the doctor said, so I know that this is for you. I hope uh, we have time to do it. I had a lady that told me last week, I wish you'd take the clock down from that's up there and quit worrying about the clock. Well, we might, might just quit worrying about the clock, I guess, and just have, just have church, you know. But umbrella faith, here's the thing. The devil has a plan. Now, we know the devil's plan. John 10, 10 says a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his plan. Now, but God's got a plan for you, too. And uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. To give you peace, happiness, and, and a future. 
So that's God's plan. We know that God's plan is for us to be blessed and have a future. The devil is to steal from us. But Satan's plan is tunnel vision. That's his plan. If he can keep you in tunnel vision, he can keep you to faith. Here's the thing about it is, and I assume probably everybody here is saved. If you're born again, the devil can't get you. He, he, he can't get you into hell. But he his plan is to make your life hell on earth. That's his plan. He can't send you to hell, but he can make your life hell on earth. So that's his plan. But tunnel vision it, it is a constriction of the visual field, resulting in the lost. Or peripheral vision. You say that word right. In other words, tunnel vision. Have you ever noticed with race horses, a lot of times they have blinders on? Why, is, why do they have blinders on? They don't want the horse to see who's gaining on them or who's on the outside. So they want the horse to have tunnel vision to get to the end of the line. So what happened is, if, if Satan can get you looking one way. And we're not looking at anything else. we got our eyes focused on one way. You don't see what God's doing on the outside. You don't know that what, what God is doing for you. And tunnel vision is a narrowness of mind. You have your mind set. You know, even we, we come up in church, there's a lot, when I got over in the charismatic movement, there, there was a lot of stuff I never heard. Well, I, well, I'm the only one that's never heard it. But you know, uh, but, but 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 we came up when I was in the little church. I never heard nothing about divine healing. I never heard anything about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I never understood. Uh, we, we we never uh, our little church never talked about you can be prosperous. Well, I tell you one thing this morning. I'd like to get one amen. But, but see, what happens is, if, if the devil can keep your, you focused on just one thing, then all of this stuff outside, you'll never see. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. What you don't know will hurt you. What you don't know will kill you. If you don't know God's a healer, you'll stay sick. If you don't know God is a baptizer in the Holy Ghost, you'll stay without any power. If you don't know God wants to prosper you, you'll stay broke. See, when we come up, I, 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 I didn't know all of that. Now, I know none of y'all been like where Becky and I have been. You know, Becky and I came up, you know, we get paid on Friday. We didn't have enough to go to Monday. Now, I know none of y'all has ever done, been that way, but I've been that way. And then on Friday, because we didn't have, back then we didn't have cell phones and all that kind of stuff. And I don't understand this stuff now. Uh, these cell, I didn't know that you could take a cell phone and, and you could put GPS, that you had GPS on it. Mike told me that. He showed me how to do it. And I tried to do it the other day and I couldn't figure out how to do it. So I don't know how to do all that. Podcast, outcast, bycast, I don't understand all that, that that they got nowadays. But, you know, back when we were young, we didn't have a caller ID and we didn't have none of that kind of stuff. So, you know, we'd get pay, I'd get paid on Friday. Well, I didn't have enough to get to Monday. 
invariably the bill collectors call on Friday. So I didn't know, you know, then I would lie on Friday to the bill collectors. Now, I know none of y'all has never done it, but I did. But after I got over and started getting in the Word, I found out that God wanted to bless me. And there were certain things that I could do to move the hand of God to bless me. One of them was not withholding what was His. I didn't know this. God showed me this. I saw this in the Word. Here's, he said, here now, here's how we're going to do this equation. I'm done off what I'm going to do, so, but I'm going to get back. But he, he would tell you, now this is the equation. We've got $100 here. Now here's what I'm going to do, Herbie. I'm going to give you 90, and I'm going to keep 10. I want 10. Now, if I told any of y'all that, you'd say, that's a pretty good deal. I'm going to say, Jerry, I've got, I've got uh, $90 here. I'm going to, I mean, $100 here. I'm going to go ahead and give you 90, and I'm going to keep 10 to buy me a hamburger. Would you take that? Yeah, and all that, you know. And so I found that out, that if I, if I hooked up to his plan, that I would get blessed. And let me tell you something. You, you guys know, you can look at that little thing sitting over here. You've got to have money to keep somebody like that up. It's like the other day. She wanted, she wanted some shoes that they, they, they had on uh, 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 Amazon, going to buy some kind of little shoes, you know. Well, you have to understand, she don't buy one pair. When she talks about a pair of shoes, she's talking about a pair of shoes, which means two pairs. So she comes in and she says, now, Herbie, he said, here's the little shoe I want. And said, now, I've already got the brown and something else. She said, now, I need the black and the blue. Black and blue look alike. I mean, how are you going to tell them? But she says, now, I want, I want that. You know, I want a black pair and a blue pair. And then I want, there's five colors. She's got all five colors. And it takes money to do that. So I knew that I better find out how to get some money. So I found out that I'd hook up to God's plan, that His plan was that we could be blessed. Now, I'm not talking about blowing money and all this out here on uh, cigarettes and beer and all that kind of I ain't talking about that kind of stuff. But I found out that, that, that if I'd hook up to God's plan, that He would bless me. Now... Not only that would he bless me, but he would keep me free from the enemy trying to destroy me. And the enemy's plan is, like with you, Amy, is to destroy and put fear into you. He operates in fear. And if he could get fear in you, you know, I saw a doctor say this the other day. And we're talking about the umbrella of faith, God's umbrella of faith. I saw this the other day, and this doctor said this. These diseases come under the umbrella of like cancer. This, the doctor said this. There is, there is umbrellas, and then uh, these other diseases come out from under, or under that umbrella. You know, like it may be 
hypertension or diabetes or whatever. And so the doctor said there's an umbrella of sickness and all these other things come from this one thing. And so I got thinking about now, if that's true, and I assume maybe that it is, then I said I'm going to get in the Word and I'm going to find out if God has an umbrella that all of His blessings flow under. I tell you, I wish somebody would wake y'all up. <laughs> Psalms 91 is, is the, God's umbrella. I want you to go there. Now, he said here in Psalms 91, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. Now, I like to put, I, I, I just put a little word right there, that I shall abide under the umbrella of Almighty God. Now, that word shadow means protection. That's what that word shadow means. So I could read it like this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the protection of God Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. And I've heard people say now, he says Psalms 91 is our protection. It's our shield. A shield of faith or whatever. Becky and I was coming back from Central America uh, several years ago, and we had landed in uh, Houston, Texas, and uh, got on. A, and we'd been gone a long time. We wanted to see our grandkids and you know see everybody. And we'd been in Central America, and so and so we got on this plane, and so we're traveling as we come out of Houston on the way back to Nashville. Uh, over the intercom of the airplane, uh, this pilot come on and said, we're, in a, 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 we're entering a severe storm, and we're going to have to bypass and go around the storm, and we're going to be late landing in Nashville, and so, uh, you know, alerting everybody. And you know what Becky did? Well, I'm glad you asked me. I'm going to tell you what she did. She said, now, me and you are going to be in agreement, and we're going to pray Psalms 91, a hedge of protection over this airplane, and we're going to be in agreement, and we're going to command that storm to move for our plane to go through. Well, you know what happened? The storm moved. You know why? Because it had one little Holy Ghost woman on that airplane that hooked up to the throne room of God, who believed God and spoke the Word, bless God, and the storm had to listen to her. That's what happened. So that's how powerful God is, that we can speak to those things that's in our, in our life as they are not. That's what faith is. I'm speaking to that thing which is, which is in your body, and I'm calling that thing out of your body. Now, your little husband said this. Now, I'm not. I'm going to tell off on Philip. You walked in here, and, and, and here's Philip. Now, see, you thought Philip probably didn't know nothing. But I tell you what, Philip said. We're walking in this morning, and Philip said, "I, I can't lose it." So she, he said, "I'll never find nothing like her." I said, "That's the best thing that ever happened to me." That's Philip. 
That's what he said. You didn't know that was capable of it coming out of him, did you? Well, I know he's rough around the edges, but let me tell you something. God can get a hold of somebody rough around the edges. Because he loves you, and he don't want you sick. And, 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 and not only that, God loves you, and he doesn't want you sick. See, it's the devil that comes to try to steal away and put stuff on you. But we're going to believe God this morning that it ain't happening. So then, but here's the thing about it. If I didn't know that, if I didn't know that was in the Word, I'd, we, we all could go home early. Now let me tell you something. He said in Psalms 91, it says here, um, because He has set His love upon me, verse 14, and I will deliver Him. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He shall call upon me and I'm going to answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I like to put this, Amy, when you go home, honey, you get your, you, you get your Bible and you come right out to the side and you put your name on there. I will be with Amy in trouble. Amy shall call upon me and I'm going to answer her. I will deliver her and honor her. That's in Psalms 91 verse 15. With, oh, oh, I love this thing here. I can't wait. No, well, I, I can't wait. Until I, I get to be a centurion and still be preaching. I know y'all said, oh, God forbid for that. <laughs> but he said here, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That word, with long life, I'll satisfy him. That word satisfy means I'll keep him comfortable. I ain't going to be stressed out. I'm not going to be without. I'm going to be comfortable and have long life, bless God. Well, if you don't believe it, you're going to die early. I mean, you can look at me and see what God's done to me. Brother, I'm going to be 73 years old next month. Write this down, September 18th. Make sure we got all that now, you know. The old pastor's going to be 73 years old. But let me tell you something. God is my witness. There was a guy working out there at the house that we were helping my daughter with. And this guy's out there doing a roof job. He's working on the roof. And um, his boss was with the guy. And so I am, I'm serious. Bless his heart. He looks like he's 100 years old. This poor guy did. And so I'm ta- I've got talking to him. He's real friendly. And I, I really like the guy, and he's real friendly. And, uh, man, he is decrepit and old-looking. And I thought, man, he's climbing up a roof. And, and man, he, he needs to be in the bed or something. So I'm talking to this guy, and his boss said, uh, Brother May said, uh, 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 you know Tommy here? I said, yeah. I said, I talked to him and everything. I said, you know, no, you know. And he said, uh how old do you think Tommy is? I said, oh, God. <laughs> he looks like he's 100 years old. I'm serious. 
I said, I don't know. I said, you know, I to my, I'm not good at guessing ages, and so I'm making up all kinds of excuses. So then the guy just comes out and said, he said, Tom is 55. I thought, oh, my God almighty. And so the guy asked me, he said, uh, 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 Brother Herb, how old are you? I said, well, I, I, I'll be 73 in September. He said, say what? I said, yeah. I said, I'll be 73 in September. I didn't want to say this. I looked. I kind of looked at Tom and said, oh, poor Tommy. I'm telling you this poor guy. But, you know, let me tell you what happened with Tommy. Tommy doesn't know the Lord. Tommy hasn't walked with the Lord. Tommy hadn't served the Lord. Tommy's a good old boy. But Tommy's without the Lord. He's without the Lord. He doesn't know that he's under the umbrella of God's protection. He doesn't know the Word. He doesn't know how to confess the Word. And so Tommy looks real old. And, and I know y'all don't agree with me, but I think I look pretty young. Well, I appreciate the three women. It's always women. <laughs> it ain't no man ever clap. It's always the women. My wife told me the other day, I'm going to take, my wife told me the other day, I'll tell off on her, said, uh, was talking about something and I'd done something and I was babying somebody, you know, like I always do. And she said, I'll tell you one thing. She said, if something ever happened to me, she said, every woman in that church be after you. <laughs> I said, honey, if, if something happened to you, I don't, I, I ain't trying no more. But anyway, you know. But, you know, we have fun. Bless God. She's a doll and all this other kind of stuff. But we're talking about do we know what is in the protection of God? People, I've heard people say this. Well, if God wanted me to have it, He'd give it to me. I thought, how dumb. If God wanted you to have it, God has already given it to you. Come on now, somebody help me. God has already given you everything that's appropriated in the new covenant of His blood. Well, now, if He's given it to me, why don't I have it? Because you hadn't took it. You hadn't reached out and, and, and took it. Many years ago, I know we've got to get out of here. And Kim, Kim over there, just shake her head like. Uh, but anyway, many years ago, Becky and I was at camp meeting in Brother Hagen. And uh, there's like, I don't know, 15,000 people there in this auditorium. And so they brought all of the uh, uh, people in wheelchairs up to the edge of the, of the auditorium. And it was maybe 30 or 40 people in wheelchairs. And so they was over in a corner. And so Brother Hagen gets up to preach. And as he comes up, uh, uh, a little boy is singing, one of the singers is singing, Reach out and receive. If you'll only believe, I forget how that song goes. You know it? Reach out and receive. Uh, how does that song go back? Something I forget now. Huh? 
well, anyway, it's a song that they sing, and it's a, if you'll just reach out and receive, you know. So anyway, they're singing that song, and Brother Hagin gets up, and he says, Now, all of you that's in the wheelchairs over there, if you'll reach up and take a hold of your healing, you can walk out of here. You know what happened? About 10 or 12, in faith, in faith, reached up, and they done like this. You know what they did? They got up and walked out of the auditorium. Totally healed. Well, how did that happen? It happened because they believed. They heard the Word, and they believed, and they acted on what they heard. Now, it's like with, with healing or prosperity or joy, you know, I talk, being a pastor, I get to talk to a lot of people, and, and, and it's all t- the number one thing that, that disturbs most people is they operate in no peace and joy. Their lives are upset, in turmoil all the time. Something's all the time wrong. I got this wrong, got this wrong, got this wrong. Operating in no faith at all. And so they operate in that, not knowing that God's already given him or given them peace and joy and long suffering. All of that was in the plan of God that they could have. But by them not knowing it, and the, and, and the devil, if the devil can keep you, if the devil can keep you uninformed, he can keep you defeated. If he can keep you not knowing what's in the Word, he will keep you. Defeated. Now, over in Psalms 91, he said here now, Under his wings I'm going to take refuge. Verse 7, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it ain't coming near my house. Joshua said this, For me and my house, I'm serving the Lord. I don't know about your house, but I know my house, we're serving God. And that's the plan that God has for us. Now, Isaiah 43, 18, God spoke these words. He said, Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Now, the new thing that Isaiah is prophesying about was on the day of Pentecost. Remember, Joel prophesied this in Joel, the second chapter. He said, Your old man going to dream dreams, young man going to see visions and all this that he's talking about. Well, over in Acts chapter 2, it happened. But let me ask you this. When, 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 uh, Jesus told me, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem until you get endued with power until something comes upon you. And it's called the Holy Ghost. And he said, you'll be endued with power. Now, Jesus said this, and he said, I truly baptize with water, but you're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know, I never knew anything about the Holy Ghost. I didn't know that there was a, such a thing as the Holy Ghost. I'd never heard about the Holy Ghost. So I didn't know. So I was uninformed for years about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But there was one day, I want you to, and you all know the story. I never prayed for the Holy Ghost. I never asked for the Holy Ghost. I never tarried for the Holy Ghost. I was under a tent and got knocked down by the power of God 
and, and for 24 hours later, got up speaking in tongue, filled with the Holy Ghost. Nobody prayed for me. God just set me free of myself. I had a guy in this church here, never, not a church person, wasn't a church person in his life. He started coming to this church here two or three years ago. I don't know how long ago it's been. His wife told me, said, and I think I'm correct on this, said they left church that day, said on the way home, ain't nobody prayed for him. He just started speaking in tongues. Well, okay, um, it happened. What happened? Had, the Holy Spirit came upon him. What if, because he had sat here and heard that there was such a thing. But you've got to hear. Now, it's, Amy, it's like divine healing. You've sat in this church, and you've heard that, and you've got to now accept it. But it's like on the day of Pentecost. There was only 120 under the umbrella. They're the only ones that received from God. There was over 5,000 sitting out there that they won to the Lord about three or four days later. But everybody had an opportunity on the day of Pentecost. But only 120 got under the umbrella. The rest of them was looking, listening to another fellow and listening to the wrong thing. But when you get hooked up to God and get under His plan of protection, He's going to bless you. They say, now, brother, I know now I've heard all of that and heard all that. Then why are you still poor? Well, why are you still broke? Why are you still disturbed? Why are you still in in no joy? Because you hadn't heard the Word. No, you've heard the Word. You've just not applied it. And when you apply the Word, it will work. I don't care. It will work for you. But we have today's church, the modern church today, is a church that is with tunnel vision. They don't preach anything other than maybe their man-made doctrine or whatever it might be. They don't, they, they don't go outside the realm of just their, what their, their little denomination or whatever it is. And I'm not against denomination. I, I, thank God there's denomination. But there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people sitting in churches and they're not hearing the word that Jesus Christ is a deliverer. Jesus Christ is a healer. And they're sitting and they're not hearing that. And if you don't hear it and you don't receive it, you'll not be able to be helped by it. But these churches are full of people who want to have their flesh tickled. They just want a little bit of God. They want just enough to satisfy uh, their, their, their own self. I say it's time we get out from under the umbrella and start reaching out and seeing what God's got for us, that God's got something else for you. You don't have to stay under that anymore. I feel it's fixing to happen in just a few seconds. Just hold on, darling. But now, but but if the church would start expanding and believing, you mean I can actually believe for some? Yes, you can believe for it. Bless God. Well, what if it don't happen today? Keep believing for tomorrow. 
What if it don't happen tomorrow? Keep believing for the next day. You hold on to it happens, bless God. I said I'm holding on. Somebody help me this morning. I said I'm holding on to God brings it to me, bless God. Glory to God. Well, I don't see it yet. It's coming. We was in Norval Hayes Convention several years ago, and this woman had lupus. Incurable. Incurable. Becky and I seen her, met her. And she was in uh, 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 Norval Hayes Convention. And uh, he prayed for her. And he said, I want you to go home and write this on your refrigerator. See, a lot of people won't do stuff like this. It's stupid. They think it's stupid. Said, I want you to go home and write this on on the refrigerator. I shall live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. I'm putting that on my refrigerator. I shall live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. It's whatever you need. If you need some money or whatever you need, you can put Philippians 4. My God shall supply all my needs. Not just some of my needs. All of my needs. I'm not looking for the pennies. I'm looking for the dollars, bless God. If God's got it, I want it. But this woman had lupus. And so uh, uh, she come to that convention was prayed for. Becky and I was at the next convention where she testified. And uh, Norval brought her up. And she totally healed of lupus. And 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 Norval said, "Well, how did it happen?" And she said, "I'll tell you." Said I went home, and I'm in bed, and I can't hardly move, just barely get up. And she said, "I got that scripture." And she said, "Every day I would confess that scripture. I shall live and not die, and proclaim the works of the Lord." And she said, "After the first month, I, I'm in worse shape." Now most people don't going to quit after the third day. After the third day and God ain't moved, most of us is going to quit. But she said, after the first month, I just kept on. And she said, after the second month, I'm getting worse. The third month, it's worse. The fourth month, it's worse. It's getting worse. And she said, I can hardly even get out of the bed. My mama having to bring me something to eat. She said, but one morning... She said, on the sixth month, on the sixth month, she said, I got, got woke up that morning. And she said, oh, Lord, something has happened to me. And she said, I got over on the side of the bed. And she said, I stood up. She said, I hadn't stood up for three months. And she said, I stood up. A little weak, little weak, she said. But I stood up and said, I called Mama. And she said... Uh, I called her mama. Her mama come in the, ba- in the bedroom. And she said, uh, uh, Mama, go make me some breakfast. I'm coming to the table this morning. <laughs> and, 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 and she said, Mama said, Oh, honey, you got to lie back down. You're dying. No, she said, Mama, I'm alive, bless God. And she walked to the table and ate her breakfast that morning, totally healed of a disease that God said, that the man said couldn't happen, bless God. We met, saw the woman, totally healed. Well, what? It took six months. 
Well, like God could have done it the first day. I, I don't know. All that I know to do is ask God. I don't know why it took six months. I believe this. I believe it took six months of believing to see God do something. And kept believing. God wants you to keep believing. Anybody praying for something you ain't got it yet? Well, I got two people. The rest of you lying. Everybody's believing for something. You're believing for something that you hadn't got yet. Everybody believes for, 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 for that. Maybe insignificant to you, but it, I mean to other people, but it's important to you. So I do know this, that if we will confess the Word and stand on the Word, no matter what hell comes against us, we're standing and speaking the Word that we're going to see God move. Now those 120 on day of Pentecost, they stood in, they sat in the upper room believing what Jesus had said. You know what I'm asking? If Jesus come up to you this morning and He said this morning, you're going to be totally healed of whatever it might be that you're doing. If Jesus showed up, would you believe it? Well, you would say, yeah. If Jesus showed up, I believe it. Well, let me, let me tell you something. There he is. Jesus just showed up. Yeah. It's right here. Yeah. Say, well, I, I don't know about you. Jesus just showed up. It's in the Word. I don't think somebody had to tell me something. Don't nobody have to tell me, tell me, well, now you know, Brother Herb, it's this, that, and that, and all this kind of... No, I looked in the Word and I found out it's true. And I believe it from Genesis to Revelation. I believe every word in it. An old Pentecostal preacher used to say, there's 66,000 promises in the Word. Brother Baggett used to say that. Remember that? How many times have you heard that? And he said, there's 66,000 promises in the Word of God. And every one of them is yea and amen. That means every one of them is mine if I want it. Brother Roy, do me a... I about wore myself out this morning, bless God. Do me a, a worship song this morning. And we're going to pray for this lady. And um, Miss Becky, I want you to come here, darling.
Oh God. 